to Z Sports, powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports. You like our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they truly do make everything happen for our show and for our business. TennesseeTickets.com. Zero hidden fees, unlike those other websites. Uh, the NFL schedule will be released by May 9th. At that point, you can go buy Tennessee Titans tickets at TennesseeTickets.com, where they have the best Titans ticket inventory in the entire state. So check in for that. TennesseeTickets.com is where to go. Renters Warehouse, the professional landlords in the Nashville area, there are alternatives to selling your home when you move out. Find out how much your home can rent for by going to RentersWarehouse.com and Mandu, the pulse of fitness, where one 15-minute workout of full-body electronic muscle stimulation simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, they are closed, hopefully, to reopen at some point in April, where everybody will need a jump start to achieving their fitness goals because of our quarantine. Uh, so Mandu will be the perfect thing for you guys to find out where you're at, how to get to achieve your fitness goal in 2020 after all this mess. Uh, Mandu.com. Your first workout's always free, and it just lasts 15 minutes, so you might as well go try it when they're back open around the country. So, Zach, the NFL, it, they officially made it official that the playoffs in the 2020 season will expand to seven teams per conference, so there's still four division winners now three wild card spots, and the real big change in this is that only one team, the number one seed in each conference, will get the bye into the divisional round of the playoffs. There will be three wild card games on opening weekend per conference, which sounds exciting, sounds very exciting, uh, but also uh, it, I think it does impact the NFL. Does it diminish the product? We'll find that out here. Uh, but Zach, what's your initial reaction? Because you were out of town when this these reports initially came out, so you have not had a chance to discuss the idea of this. So, how do you feel about this this morning? Well, Bradley uh, Courts on Facebook brings up: Is there even going to be an NFL? There's no way that they get to count by July 25th. There were some reports, as I was seeing, uh, as the the official date of the schedule release came out. Uh, which is going to be in early May instead of usually it's before the draft. But I did I did see where NFL executives are optimistic. Now, nobody knows what the coronavirus is going to do from here till then. And I also heard uh, another report that NFL exec says maybe a team issued, uh, not necessarily training camp, but activities can go on where you can mentally get prepared with playbooks via things that we're doing teleconferencing and, and things like that. But for the playoff expansion, the one thing that you have to do is, and I think every business is trying to do this, is you have to plan for the future, even though the future is unknown, and the NFL is doing a very good job of that, and it starts with the playoffs. Uh, the one I'll tell you the one thing that I love about this, making the number one seed the only team that gets a buy, because now you're going to have less teams sitting out in week 17, week 18 now, right? Because they got 17 games in a bye week. So it makes things more exciting at the end of the season, and that's what they want. A couple of times, and we know this, Ethan, this one's for you, when Marcus Mariota sat out week 17 of that Sunday nighter, that was just kind of – that was the only game that they could choose from. If the NFL had its its pickings, it would not be Nashville, Tennessee, Blaine Gabbert versus Andrew Luck. Yeah, and just to be clear, there won't be at least – there won't be 17-game regular season until uh, the 2021 season at the earliest. But this, this expanded playoff goes into effect right now, like for this upcoming season. So – I think it's interesting of how will this impact the NFL's overall product? Because I know for sure every year there's a, there's a playoff team that's in there that you're like, how in the hell is this team in the playoffs? Uh, the first theme that comes to mind for me when I think about that was the Tyrod Taylor led 
Buffalo Bills in the playoffs when they played in Jacksonville back in 2017. Uh, and that was like the ugliest playoff game that I can remember. There's also that game, the wild card game between the Raiders and the Texans where Matt McGloin and I think what's his, uh, forget the guy's name, Brock Osweiler or Tom Savage, somebody for the Texans was playing quarterback, but that was due to quarterback injuries and not necessarily what the overall resume of that team was. So I went back to look. And I've got the last five years. Well, it would have happened last year, Austin. A perfect example are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger hadn't played for weeks and weeks and weeks. We saw Mason. Yeah. We hadn't seen uh, Mason Rudolph got hit over the head uh, with his own helmet. And then uh, quack, 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 Duck came in there for a little bit. You don't want to see backup quarterbacks. And the Raiders a few years ago, we referenced when we were talking about Derek Carr a couple of weeks ago, uh, Matt McGloin in Houston. I don't want to see that trash. So you have – there are pros and cons to this. Right. So in last season, you nailed it with the Steelers. An 8-8 and Steelers team would have been in the AFC, a 9-7 and Rams team. I think the Rams being in the Super Bowl the year before – you're interested in the star power of I would that. have liked to see them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The two, 2018, the Steelers at 9-6-1 and one would have gotten in. That was a pretty good team. You remember uh, they lost their own destiny in a really dramatic game against the Saints in New Orleans uh, in Week yes, 16. That helped and, me win a fantasy game. I remember that very, yeah, very well. For sure, which the, the Steelers losing that game to the Saints – that week allowed for the Colts Titans to be a win and in situation the following week. So the Steelers team at nine, six and one was a pretty damn good team. Also the NFC that same year, the Vikings were eight, seven and one. That was a pretty solid team. They had some injuries, but overall Kirk cousins first year in Viking and with the Vikings, they, they were pretty decent there. 2017, the Rams at uh, the Ravens at nine and seven, the lions at nine and seven, the Ravens were led that year on offense by Joe Flacco Alex Collins, Ben Watson, and Mike Wallace. Like oh, that. do you do you remember that? Do you remember that particular season? Do you remember that particular Week Seventeen game? Uh, not necessarily. No, I do, and I'll I'll Tell I got a I got a steel like trap up here. Good. A steel trap. Week Seventeen in Baltimore. If you remember, Andy Dalton threw that last second That's pass. Right to get the Ravens out of the playoffs. So that now more exciting or maybe less exciting if they get in. Well, and what did that do? That got that Tyrod Taylor Buffalo Bills team in the playoffs. Which nobody wanted to see them against Jacksonville. Because the Titans in 2015, or I'm sorry, the Titans in 2017 were a playoff team. They were the five seed where the Bills were the six seed there. So, uh, and, and then you look at 2016, the Titans would have been the seventh, seventh seed but without Marcus Mariota because he just broke his leg and the Bucks, your nobody Pippen, wants to see that, but right. everybody wants to see the Buccaneers though. Yeah, nine but and seven. The, the Bucks would have been in at nine and seven. And then in 2015, the Ryan Fitzpatrick 10 and six jets would have gotten in and the eight and eight Falcons, that Falcons team started six and one with season lost six consecutive games Ooh. to finish to eight and eight. And so overall the last five years, Three eight-win teams would have made the playoffs uh, if they would have had this seven-team uh, conference playoffs. So, so well, let's talk about that. But if you think about it, I'm glad we went over that because only really one singular person would have benefited from this rule change had it happened, what, four or five years ago? And that's Jameis Winston. Because instead of being a non-playoff quarterback starter for the first five years of his career, at least he gets one playoff start to prove himself. And we know about Jameis Winston, sometimes he's hot, but a lot of times he's cold. But sometimes yes. he can be hot. So that, like overall, you telling me all of that, those statistics doesn't really make me more excited about this rule change because it tells me I'm going to have to, I would have to deal with a lot of backup, no name quarterbacks that I don't want to see in the playoffs. Yeah. And well, this would have helped out several people. Matthew Stafford's in the playoffs in this situation. You got Mike Tomlin makes the playoffs the last two years when he didn't make the playoffs. And the Steelers 
continue their overall strength as an organization and always being in the playoffs, even with Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt, even with Le'Veon Bell sitting out the entire season and Antonio Brown becoming uh, the circus show that he became at the end of the 2018 season. So you're right. And, and the Jets with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, that you forget about that Ryan Fitzpatrick team where they went 10 and six and were second in the AFC East. So overall, so we've kind of laid that out there for you guys. Overall, how do you guys think, or uh, we'll ask it this way. We'll ask it uh, better. Does this expansion of the NFL playoffs, does it diminish the product? Does it or, diminish? Or does it improve the game? Let's give two options here okay. because it can do both. It can diminish the product, but it could improve the game. So that's that's the question we're asking. I like that question because I think a lot of people can answer it. Yeah, G-Man on base brings up a good point. But first, let me tell you guys about TennesseeTickets.com, a title sponsor of A to Z Sports. It's a hard time right now in the ticket business. And TennesseeTickets.com, they will have the best Titans ticket inventory for this upcoming 2020 season uh, when the schedule releases May 9th for the NFL. So get ready for that. Gear up for that. You guys are going to want to go to these Titans home games. You're going to be excited about the offense uh, for 2020, what they have with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry back and what all they're doing. So TennesseeTickets.com is where to go. Check your schedules for and calendars for May 9th when that schedule releases. Uh, TennesseeTickets.com is where to go. So Sean Gill here on, on Facebook brings up the point, which I adamantly disagree with. It says, the same reason the NCAA shouldn't expand meaningless football. Sean, you're crazy. Your ass is nuts. In the NCAA, the expansion of the playoff was definitely going to help and will help because those teams are different than what we're talking about. You're not dealing with a bunch of backup quarterbacks like you could be in the NFL. Look, Sean, read your comment because you are a valued top fan. Do want to say that. Charlie says it improves the game. Uh, Lane says, thinking in the future with 17 games, it's safe to assume more injuries. So that could say every year, uh, every year seven seed is going to be beat up and a team made up of people the public doesn't know. Lane, yeah. you will get a, you get a like on that. That's a, it's a really good comment right there. Yeah, it's a, a really good great comment. Point. Daniel yeah. says it gives the number two seed two possible home games in the playoff. And then Damon comes in here and says it makes the product better. Doesn't diminish, diminish anything overall. The marginal negative difference is negligible with, while the marginal positive difference is huge. And look, good comments. G-Man on base asked the question, does this improve or hurt the parity of the NFL? Because everybody talks about the NFL, it's a year-by-year year, or really a week-by-week week league where just because you made the playoffs one year doesn't mean you're going to make it the next year. Just because the Rams made the Super Bowl two years ago, they missed the playoffs this past year. Well, it definitely helps so, the parity. Right, that. so you get more chances. But it also allows for more – it also allows for mediocrity to be to be rewarded. Is Does that make sense? This, for mediocrity to be rewarded, because if you're look, uh, the, more mediocrity to be rewarded, yeah, not yeah, yeah, all yeah. mediocrity. Yeah, correct. More there's more opportunity for a mediocre team that's around eight and eight, nine and seven, uh, to make the playoffs when they really don't have any business uh, being in there. Now every nine and seven is different. We've seen the Titans have four consecutive nine and seven seasons. Uh, this past year, they were 9-7. and seven. They made the damn AFC Championship game more than 30 minutes away from the Super Bowl appearance. So that compared to last year when they were banged up and Mariota was out and they were 9-7, and seven, everything's different, and it's very it's, – the, the difference is very small. But I, I do I, – I feel like Wild Card Weekend, I think, will be fun because we're going to enjoy more NFL playoff games. So there will be three games on Saturday – Three games on Sunday. I even saw where Nickelodeon will have a kid, uh, uh, a kid type broadcast where they're going to have Nickelodeon air one playoff game, which I think is strange, but they're going to do that uh, to get that demographic. But they're going to get us there. But overall, I feel like we're going to be more likely to be let down by bad products 
being in the playoffs like the Steelers of this past year where they couldn't score a touchdown uh, on offense. They, the Steelers were like the Alabama defense a few years ago. I went through this at one point in the season. The Steelers had, I think, around like nine non-offensive touchdowns this year, which is is strange. Their defense was scoring almost as much as their offense was in the second half of the season, and that team did not deserve to be in the in the uh, in the playoffs. Well, so I think the NFL is betting on teams that are possibly hot. Like we've talked about the negative things about maybe kind of limping into the playoffs. But what if somebody had a really bad start to the year and then came on strong, backdoored their way into the playoffs? And then do they have, and this is the big question, do they have an opportunity to beat the number two seed in their house? Right? Last year, we saw the Vikings go into New Orleans. It took overtime, but and maybe a maybe a pass interference call that wasn't called. Right. But but it took overtime, but the Vikings beat the New Orleans Saints that were picked by a lot of people to go and possibly win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Damon says uh, we see a an eight and eight division champs getting a four seed. Want to change something? How about ranking all playoff teams accordingly instead of uh, by giving the division champ a first-round home game. I disagree with that because while I like the idea and the, the conversation being brought up by Damon there, I think you have to give a home playoff game to every division winner because then you get rewarded for winning your division. Just because you might be playing in the NFC East – where nine and seven or eight and eight wins your division in a particular year doesn't mean that you shouldn't get a home game. I do think you should get a home game if you win your division. Well, that's the structure of the NFL. You yeah. need to be rewarded, right? Because there's every, a reason where there, there's a division. Like you know how you put up coaches put up goals. If you win your division, you make the playoffs, right? That's the easiest, simplified yes. way to address your team at the beginning of the year. Yeah, as Anthony says, I don't care what terrible wild card team gets in. They will have a better chance at winning a playoff game than the Texans. Well, <laughs> the Texans, funny. the Texans might be one of those bad wild card teams getting in if they pay Laramie Tunzel quarterback money after trading away DeAndre Hopkins. But that's beside the point. I will say this, and this expansion, and the reason why they did it first and foremost because of money, right? Let's not sure. let's not mess around. That's the number one reason why the owners voted on this to change the playoff setup. But I do think that the other beneficial party is the fans, right? Their team, their favorite team is still in it. You remember, and let's just go back to this past year in the AFC race, right? The Titans were fighting for their playoff lives. You had the Colts and the Raiders and the Steelers all fighting for their playoff lives. And it went down to literally the last weekend. That will continue to happen, but now instead of the Colts, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Titans, there'll be two more teams that are fighting for their playoff lives. So that brings more fan bases in to watch the games late down the stretch of the season. Yeah, for example, like you're talking about, for the weeks, week 17 would have been an opportunity for the Titans, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Colts. Those teams should have, would have had an opportunity there. Shrike on Periscope says, no, you shouldn't. You were rewarded by being guaranteed playoffs. You shouldn't be guaranteed a home game uh, for, for divisional winners. I, I, think, I, I think you should. I think divisional winners should, because you're a champion of something. Right, you're an AFC, and you've beaten your rivals. Yeah, right. You, the three, the, the three teams you play twice a year, you've beaten or have have finished out with a better divisional record. So, like, I, I'm, I agree with you, Austin. You should be rewarded for winning your division. Right, because if you look at it, the, the NFC is where this problem happened because the Eagles were nine and seven this past year, won the NFC East, and were the fourth seed. And the Seattle Seahawks, who were two games better, were 11-5 and five and had to go to Philadelphia. Now, they won that game, but uh, it so really didn't matter because you saw how many road teams won in wildcard weekend this past year. The Vikings, the Seahawks won the NFC, so there's both NFC teams 
And then uh, the, the, Titans. The, the Titans won. So the, the Texans beat the Bills, but that was just the most like ugly game you could possibly Well, and that have. came down to the wire. The Bills yeah. had an opportunity to win. Right. So really, so three out of four road teams won in the divisional round, and you, it could have been two out of four. It could have been four out of four by how those games went. Uh, or it could have been one out of four with the Titans and Patriots game going down the wire. So uh, I think you got good products there. I think it it's rewarding the team who went, who is a champion of something uh, for getting a home playoff game. I think that's warranted. It doesn't mean they're going to win their home playoff game as we just went over. I saw this from Adam Schefter now, uh, or yesterday. Uh, now that the NFL has 14 out of 32 teams that qualify for the playoffs, 43.7% of all teams get in. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a huge, that's now not, uh, it's not a, that exclusive anymore. I think that may be the one problem that I have, the exclusivity, but, and this is the difference, I'm all for teams getting a chance. That's why I jockey for position with the college football playoff expansion because I want to see more football I want to see more football in the NFL. Well, I, I you don't know, change my way. Well, you know how I like exclusivity. What was that percentage again for the 14? Uh, it was 43.7% of all teams get into the playoffs. So it was 37.5. So it's jumped up by 6%. So, like, it's – yes, it's a, it's a big jump. Shrike says a 7-9, 8-8 team getting a home playoff game should never be warranted. But that doesn't happen that often. Like strike, like I I agree with you. Like, when's the last time an eight and eight team won their division, like or seven and nine team? The, the seven and nine team happened once with the Seattle Seahawks and Marshawn Lynch, where they actually won. They beat the Saints. That was the beast mode game. So it doesn't happen that often. So you're you're so worried about something that that is an outlier when it does happen. So it, the the overall problem. Well, I guess their overall is not a problem. It's just there's an outlier every, once in every 15 years at some point. And an 8-8 eight and eight team is rarely going to win their division either. We had a 9-7 and seven team do it last year in the NFC East, and that division was atrocious. Yeah, so uh, this is we're going to move forward. This is a, a segment that I'm really looking forward to. It's basically going to be a series of things we're going to be doing in the month of April. It is April first and i've already been april fools austin i've already been april fools i will tell you exactly what i got april during the show honestly during the show i got april fools i got text april fools during the show we're going to talk about a segment that we're going to do that involves you guys talking about the best and the worst thing about an individual sport moving forward. I will tell you how I got April Fool's. It was a sadistic joke, too. But first, Austin's <laughs> going to tell you about one of our great spots. Yeah, one of our viewers on Periscope tried to April Fool's us, too. I'll tell you about that after yours. But yes, uh, renterswarehouse.com. Listen up, guys. I've been saying how renterswarehouse.com gives you an alternative uh, to selling your house when you're moving. How about an alternative to tough times? Because right now, it is very difficult for so many Americans and really so many people around the world. So Renters Warehouse here in Nashville, they're Nashville's professional landlord. They have a way to help you out. Maybe your mortgage is really cutting into that income that's been impacted by the coronavirus. Instead of selling your house when you become desperate, you can rent your house out to somebody else. And then you can go to RentersWarehouse.com and rent out a cheaper home for yourself. So instead of selling that equity that you have, you can rent it out while you go rent something cheaper so you don't just have to lose your home because we will bounce back from this. And so if you do this with renterswarehouse.com, whenever your income bounces back and you're okay, you can move back into your house and not have to lose the home that you had that you lost because of the coronavirus pandemic. So renterswarehouse.com, there are several ways of how it can help you through these hard times, renterswarehouse.com is where to go. AZ Sports, uh, we're powered by Tennessee Tickets, but also check out our podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe to all of our podcasts. You you can listen to more more than just Austin and Zach. You can listen to Primetime with Buck Rising. We've got a brand new Tighten Up podcast uh, featuring Jack Gentry and Austin Huff. We've got a Big Orange podcast. We've got a, a Nashcast, which is about uh, the National Predators. we got great podcasts and more to come on A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Austin, this is how I got April Fool's. I got a text message uh, during the show, and it was a link. 
And the link said, Governor Lee stops all alcohol sales in Tennessee beginning Friday. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, my God, this is not good. I literally started going through my mind. I was like, man, I've got to go and buy a couple of cases of beer. I mean, I got to buy like five cases of beer. And then I got to go buy some wine and stuff. And then I clicked on the link. It was all April Fool's. So it was a good April Fool's joke because it wasn't true. But I got <laughs> April Fool's. Yeah, Rob, that, that is pretty good. Rob on Periscope said, Zach froze. And then he waited. He goes, April Fool's, just kidding. Exactly. That's sadistic. So, <clears throat> that is good because uh, Rob Rob knows what's going on as we uh, try to uh, labor through um, our internet inconsistencies on a day-to-day basis. So, okay, Zach, we are starting this brand new series. It is the month of April. Finally, we made it to April. So, we're going through every day, ask you guys what is the best part and the worst part about one particular sport one particular league. We'll dive in about the Titans specifically, but today we kick off this best and worst segment with what is the best thing about the NFL and what is the worst thing about the NFL. So what is the best thing about the NFL and what is the worst thing about the NFL? Uh, Bring on the comments and Zach and I will also have our answers here too. All right, let's start with the good. Let's always start with the good. So let's go with the best. I want to know the best thing about the NFL. I have mine. I know exactly. And Austin, you know this. This question is near and dear to my heart because I've always been a NFL pro football guy. It's number one in my heart. And the, the scary part of it not coming back on time because of this damn coronavirus it makes me shake in my boots. My bones hurt thinking about that. But what is the best part about the NFL? That's what we want you to comment on Periscope and on Facebook. Do you want me to go ahead and spit I, mine out? I, I've I've got two things that could but be. But you got to narrow it down to no, one. I know that. I've got two things that I think could be the best, but I feel like your best part could be one of these things. So I don't know. You think your best thing about the NFL is I don't that- think anybody's going to get mine. Mine's unique. So is Just it really like the- me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just keep telling yourself that to go to sleep at night every day. All right. So, so, all right. My best thing about the NFL is, and well, Shrike says the best thing is league parity. The worst thing is officiating. B-Rat says the best part of the NFL and Periscope is fantasy football. So that's, that's interesting because league parity involves everybody and gives everybody a chance and fantasy football gives every fan an opportunity to to follow every team in the NFL. So those are two good answers, but mine my best part about the NFL is that there is no off season. The off season is just as crazy as the end season. I mean, you could say the off season in the NFL is literally 6 weeks, the second half of ju- June and the first majority part of July. That is literally the only true offseason for the NFL because in January, there's the playoffs. In February, there's the Super Bowl. In February, there's the, the senior bowls in there somewhere. There's, the, there's a bunch of other bowls for upcoming draft prospects. The NFL Combine, March is crazy with free agency. April has the draft. May has OTAs and minicamps. June has minicamps. Training camps start at the end of July. August is all preseason and training camp. Bam, September, let's ride. Like, there is no NFL offseason outside of six weeks right there in the dead summer. But that, I think, is the best part about the NFL. You cannot name a single month of the year and me not be able to tell you an NFL event. Yeah, no, I, I think you you – you bring up very, very good points. Uh, Eddie beat Jack. Beat that. Well, I, 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 in my opinion, I can. But uh, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie says the best part is community outreach. And uh, th- that's what sports, I think, does overall very, very well. But the NFL in particular does that extraordinarily well. So, Eddie, you'll receive a like on that. I agree with it. Matt says the draft. Louis, is, uh, he's probably saying the worst because he says Pro Bowl. Uh, Brian says the the best is the chess match, the mind game, coaches putting players in position to make plays. That's good. 
That is a very good one. Mark says the best is the red zone because you you know you can clinch up and get tight. Oh, I think he's talking about the red zone channel. He's not even that's, talking about that's the what I was, Yes, the red zone <laughs> channel. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, Mookie no, says Mookie pops up on Periscope and says the best thing is the NFL red zone channel. I think that's the NFL red zone channel is amazing because of Birrett's answer, fantasy football, and that all the games start like. Another really good thing about the NFL, not my best thing, but a really good thing the NFL does is they have their TV windows and they hit the posts. You know, they start on time, they end on time. If there's overtime or not, the NFL's TV windows are always on point. I, as you know, I'm not a red zone guy. I'm my own red zone. I watch all the games because I don't want to just watch the, the 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 scores at the end. I will say the red zone does a very good job, though. I don't want to discredit, you know, Andrew Siciliano because he comes in there Scott and he, Hansen too. They have they have it down pat. So I'm sure. not sitting here hating on it. Uh, I'm gonna go with the singular and, and Matt Forday says Sunday ticket is better than the red zone. I would agree with that. But my best thing about the NFL that. It doesn't do this like college football does for me, at least. But the best part is for four straight months, Sunday, a singular day during the week is better than any other day during that week. You cannot beat Sunday waking up, setting your fantasy roster, watching the pregame show, watching the first set of games, then easily sliding right into the second uh, phase of games after that having enough time to either order dinner or make dinner to watch the sunday night football game which is the best game of the week even if it's later in the year they have a flex schedule to make it even better that singular day is the reason why no other sport can do that over the time period that the national football league does it that I'm is like my best part College football does that very well, too. And it doesn't, but it doesn't do it the same because you got some crap ass games at high noon. Now, I know that Fox is trying to make that better, but there are no crap ass games at high noon on NFL Sunday. True. No, that that's the, the one thing you're right is, well, there's, there's, there's 16 games or there's 14 games or so, you know, so, and they're all great. Like uh, the Jags can beat the, the Bengals at any point in time. That can be a good game. So, right? so Shrike, Shrike disagrees with you. He says, Saturday day drinking and tailgating, knowing you don't have to work the next day is better. And then Titans for Life says, not if the Cowboys are on, it's not good. So, See, that makes it better, I, in my opinion. In your opinion, yes. But So, so I think I've, Saturday for me is the best because I know I'm going to have a badass day on Saturday and I have the the knowledge that tomorrow is also going to be awesome. It's, yeah, it's a great feeling. I, I don't want to discredit so, that. So and drinking, Sunday, the drinking aspect brings up a good point. You can day drink to your heart's desire, and you still well, have a day the, of recovery before the amount, Monday. The amount of Americans on a regular basis that Sunday fun day the hell out of themselves. It's every true. Week it it kind of is a wash. Over, that, like that, I, again. I've never been in a position to be able to Sunday fun day and go into work and just fight off a hangover. I, you know, that's not how uh, our business works because of how important Monday mornings are to us. I've but, had a, I've had a hangover on Monday morning that I got on Saturday night. That's true. You have, uh, you have. or on Sunday morning, however you want to put it. All right. So G man on base says no love for the Thursday night game. I think you could argue the Thursday night football game could be an option for the worst part of the NFL. Uh, it's not mine. I'm not saying it's mine. Either. I like the Thursday night game. You know why? It gives me an excuse, and I don't know how many guys take advantage of that, but if you're in a relationship or something, you're spending time with your wife, sometimes Thursday nights can be a justification to go out and drink with the guys, right? We're going to go grab a couple of beers and watch a couple of the quarters. You don't have to watch the full game. So that's where the Thursday could be an out because Friday you can do date night or do whatever. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the uh, the consumer aspect of the Thursday night games. And Brett says no more Thursday. There should be two Monday night games. Uh, well, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because you can't stack Monday. They try to do the two Monday night games. Excuse me on on week one. And it's just so hard because that second game is so late and the first game has to start too early. But for me, 
the Thursday night games is more the problem with the Thursday night games. It's more about what they're putting the players through. And so I, I don't know what your worst part about the NFL, worst thing about the NFL is, but for me, it's the absolute BS narrative that they give a shit about their players. Sorry for the word, but they don't, they do not care about player safety yet go out here and wave the flag about how player safety is the number one thing they care about. Like you don't care about the player safety. You care about money safety and 17 games makes you more money than 16 games. Having Thursday night games gives you more opportunity for TV revenue than not having a Thursday night game. So, so Thursday night games hurts player safety. Uh, Seventeen game regular season hurts player safety. You can you can even say an extra playoff team hurts player safety. So they don't give a crap about player safety yet. They're out here acting like they do. I G Man says G Man says they care about the quarterbacks. Yes, some quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, they care about those quarterbacks. They don't give a damn about Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, or any quarterback who's mobile. So they even care about like 60% of the quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, not 100% of them. I, the, you bring up very, very good points, Austin. I think that that probably is the worst part about the NFL. Uh, I, I will go a different direction, and actually, while you were talking – Somebody else got mine, which was uh, was Adam. Way to go, Adam Mooney. You'll get a like for that. Hey, Titans for Life gave me a like. So how about yeah, that? Well, and you, you should des- deserve a like because everything you said was very factual. I, you can't. I can't argue. I can argue till I'm blue in the face with you. Not on that point because you're absolutely correct. My the worst part for me, and it's something that you know when something's so good like the NFL, you hate to see it when it's preseason. I cannot stand preseason. It drives me up the freaking wall. I hate it because I'm geared up, I'm ready, and then I get slapped in the face of being excited about a starting quarterback playing that now comes out for one series, and he's not even trying. They're fake games. They're phony games. They're really – preseason is only for about, I'd say – maybe 10 players that are trying to make the roster. And that, I get it. I understand why they have it, a warm-up. I, 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 it's justified to a degree. Money justifies a lot of it. But preseason games are the worst to watch. And the other worst thing is they sit there and they charge you the same amount of money to go to a meaningless preseason game because it is meaningless as they do a regular season game. That's a problem. I hate the preseason. But, Zach, the price is lumped into the whole season package. That's why you get your tickets at TennesseeTickets.com using the Bingo. promo code, and you save money on all of those tickets, whether they're uh, uh, full-season tickets or individual game tickets. Bingo. Absolutely agree. Now, I, I get I, – I, the preseason does have a purpose for the football-style thing for the football process of what the season is and the start of the season. Now we know Sean McVay, Mike Vrabel, and some of the younger coaches in the NFL right now really don't give a damn about the preseason either uh, because they are not playing any of their guys. But the preseason is, I I think for rookies, uh, for, for second year guys, for fringe roster guys, uh, that is important. And so I understand you say it's the preseason for like 10 guys on every team. I think it's, well, I think it's more maybe closer to 30. Oh, uh, oh. No, but, it, but I mean, it, that's, that's a big difference. I, I, that's three times what you said. So I think it's more closer to, Sir, but no, but no, no. Awesome. 20 of those guys, nobody know, even knows their name. 20 of those guys, they're meaningless. That's, Completely why, the, that's meaningless. why the preseason is the opportunity for their name to be known. Oh, I and know. I understand. I, I understand the preseason, that, that, but that, they're meaningless. Right. They are meaningless, but I, I do think it's, it plays, it does play a purpose. Now, is, how many of the guys, let me stop here. How many of the guys that we watch on Hard Knocks, and Hard Knocks is one of the best things about the NFL, right? Because it takes you inside, and it's doing HBO's that. is really good, yes. Right, yeah, it's great production value. But the, the one thing about Hard Knocks 
How many times? Look, Riley Bullard, right? He was a superstar for about a split second. Bulla. And then you that guy becomes you don't even remember his name. Bulla. Riley Bullard. Exactly. Exact point taken. Right. So, look, another thing you can say that the best thing about the NFL is NFL films. That's just a side note. But – uh, yeah, look, the, we don't have four, a, we don't have time enough to list all the great I things know. about the NFL. Well, that's why we went with the the best because there are there are many 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 great things. I think the best thing about the NFL is you you can name me every month of the calendar and I'll tell you what the NFL does in that month because they have an event in every month. They've got something going in every month, but there are, there's no reason for four preseason games. There's no reason for four. Now, when they go to 17-game regular season, they will cut the preseason down to three, so there's still a grand total of 20, but players are playing more, so they don't care about player safety. But So I, I think the proper amount of preseason games is two, but th- they're never going to go down to two preseason. Well, the NFL jockeyed for that. They wanted 18 Right, that, two, but that's that what wasn't going to say. There's that no was the way, compromise. There's no way they're going to go to. Well, they should not go to 18 game regular season. That's way. Don't say there's long. no way. Give it. They give should, it 10 years. I Next DBA. Yeah, yeah, no, right. 2030. Austin turns 40 years old, and the NFL is playing 18 seasons, 18 games in a year. Crazy. All right, I, I, I want to do a quick timeout before we get to throwing shade, which I'm looking forward to, Austin. And I, I try to bring this up on a regular basis, but since we're talking about the popularity of the NFL, do you still believe, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to get out of this and admit your wrongs, do you still believe that in 49 years that the that soccer will be more popular than the National Football League in the United States? Yes. Okay. Good. But, but it's right. just there's uh, generations. I mean, it's, we have to allow for – the generation of youth sports right now needs to be actual, like the pro sports generation. Okay. And All right. I, how- I, know, I, know. I was just going to give you an opportunity. I don't, I've already, I already know what you think and how wrong it is, but I just want to give you an opportunity because we were on the topic. So let's digress. All right. Throwing shade here on the show. I've got two pieces of shade. Uh, I okay. don't know what, what Zach's shade is. Uh, I'm getting hate on the Periscope feed right now. But anyway, uh, A to Z Sports. You should. Good job, Before guys. Before throwing shade, I've got a great shade. Like, you must, you might have thought my my rant about NFL not giving a damn about player safety was good. We'll just wait till my second piece of shade here, here on the show Wednesday. But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu. Mandu is the pulse of fitness where one 15-minute workout of full-body electronic muscle stimulation simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. That's full-body electronic muscle stimulation only for 15 minutes. They also have the in-body analysis machine that can show you the path to achieving your fitness goals. When Mandu opens back up, hopefully sometime in April here, Go there. Your first workout's free. You'll be able to see where your body composition is and find out how to achieve your goal. It's a great way of jump-starting your fitness once again after the quarantine is over. See how you maintained. Uh, Mandu has helped me lose over 21 pounds of fat. Nine percent down. I'm down 9% body fat from last July. Mandu.com. Your first workout's also free. NZ Sports are powered by Tennessee Tickets. Plus, check out our podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe and give us a good rating on iTunes. We also have SoundCloud, and we are on Spotify. Spotify is how I uh, digest the A to Z Sports content throughout the day after we're done doing the show. Yeah, but- I've also transitioned to Spotify as well, and I prefer that over the Apple podcast. Oh, who convinced you to do that uh, one? You did. Ah. Uh, yeah, you know what, Austin? You follow my lead. I will take you to the promised land. Time to go throwing shade. Bobby's coming out of the gates. Yes. Firing shade at the co-host, Austin Stanley. <laughs> both both A and Z have a presumable goatee on their face, but Bobby says, I'm throwing shade at Austin's quarantine goatee. Got, it's like, a, and again, I, I don't know if this is a compliment, a back-end compliment. There. It, it's kind of a half-ass Orlando Bloom type goatee. Well, my my thought was, because we actually talked about this before the show, Bobby, I appreciate your shade. Thank you for noticing my goatee. Because two weeks ago, I did an entire show with a mustache, and nobody noticed it. And so that <laughs> hurt my feelings. 
it was Friday when Buck was in and, and I had a mustache the entire time. Nobody said a single word. So I'm just glad that Bobby noticed it. Now the goatee comes in, the chin comes in stronger than the, than the stash does for me. But I feel like the longer I go without getting a haircut, the more and more I will look like a pirate. So that's why I feel like the goatee with the scrappy hair will at some point become like a throwback look because I'm bored. And that's everybody. Well, uh, yeah, that's everybody. Why you have a Fu Manchu. And so my quarantine goatee, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how long it takes before. Keep I'm going. I, I look, I'm all for it. I am all for it. Uh, Shrek says this means Austin can do facial hair bets again. That is incorrect. That is all. That's why I'm all for it. <laughs> no, that is incorrect. <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I'm contractually banned via my marriage from doing uh, facial hair bets. Now I can still grow it, but bets I cannot do. All right, so let's read some comments. Throw some shade. Throw your comments our way. Uh, Louis says, uh, shade on the stop sign runners in this city. That, that's fair. Ooh. Albert says, shade thrown at all those fools in New York City who ran to take pictures of the Navy hospital ship. That also <laughs> uh, is very, very true. Danny says, I'm throwing shade at the Ronas. My kids are driving me crazy. I'm going to kill them soon. I can feel it. All the people in quarantine that have kids or maybe they're getting tired of their wife. I mean, it happens, right? I mean, you're seeing your family more than you've ever seen them before. <laughs> Albert says shade on uh, anyone who makes an April Fool's joke about having coronavirus. Uh, yeah, sure. April Fool. This is the uh, most sensitive April Fool's day I can remember. Uh, so that that's a good point there. My for I got two shades. My first shade is on my seasonal allergies because it has impacted me negatively in multiple ways. Because this past weekend we had the most beautiful weather we've had all year for about four consecutive days in Nashville, and I spent so much time outside on Friday and outside on Saturday, which meant on Sunday my life was ruined. I was sneezing. I was running through all of the Kleenex tissues that I still have, and it's going to be hard to buy new ones. Uh, I'm running out of paper towels that I can't find. I'm trying to reserve my toilet paper. So I'm sneezing all day Sunday because of these awful allergies because of all the pollen that's come through. And the second reason why this affects me is because now I have drainage. I've got all these allergies, which makes me sound and look like I'm dealing with the virus and I'm not, I'm fine. Like it's just my seasonal allergies. Whenever I'm like at the grocery store, people are giving me the evil eye because I'm like sniffling. Like I'm not like coronavirus doesn't do anything with a runny nose, but everybody's so paranoid right now that my allergies are giving people paranoia. And so it's very difficult. What's your second shade? My second shade is on John Jones. John Jones got pulled over recently for a DWI. The fighter? He, yeah, the MMA fighter. <laughs> he got pulled over for a DWI recently. I, I guess you haven't seen this. So I, well, Jones, I, know, I know about the DWI. I don't know about your shade right here. So John Jones pled guilty to this DWI, and for his plea deal, he received four-day house arrest. The whole country is under house arrest. Isn't that and, not shade? That's smart? No, but that's shade. Like, you got to no, do something genius. More. No, I'm not talking about John Jones. John Jones played this hand perfectly. Oh, okay. John okay. Jones bluffed his ass away to <laughs> yeah. just nothing. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. No, like, like the whole country is on house arrest. And John Jones got four days, 96 hours of genius. house arrest. Who gives a rip? Go watch Tiger King. Go watch whatever series you got, and your house arrest is over. Now, and he's also got like a 90-day outpatient rehab program. But guess what? He gets to do that via teleconference. So who <laughs> like so like this is ridiculous. This is so stupid. Like John Jones. He's like, he's has, like, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. John Jones has serious issues. He's been arrested so many times. And this guy is being punished by four days house arrest on a national quarantine and does his, his rehab on a teleconference. Give me a freaking break. You Do know what better. would be the worst? You know, we talk about this is damn near torture. 
uh, having to live outside in the streets of New York City for five days. It's like, what should John Jones is? What should be the alternative for his house arrest? Because uh, Zach Selby says, make him sit outside for four days. <laughs> right? That's like, what I say. But but in New York. Yeah. And I don't know exactly where he lives. Uh, so I don't know where he's having to do this. But probably um, in his mansion. I mean, in L.A. That's right? uh, I, that's probably a high probability that he's in a mansion with oh, a New pool. Mexico. New Mexico. So Ooh. he's probably got a lot of land in New Mexico. It probably has a dope-ass view over some like canyon. And he's probably got a pool. So is house I, arrest property? Like, let's say he has a ton of land. Can he go four wheeling and stuff? Like, well, that's not house arrest. You've seen the movie with Shia LaBeouf. I forget what it's called, but where he's on house arrest and his next door neighbor is a, a, a murderer, a serial killer. And he finds out because he's sitting there spying on his, his other neighbor. Who's like a hot young girl. I forget yeah, she's very attractive. I, I have seen that the movie. movie. That's a good movie. Like, it is that's a good, good movie. I'm a big he, Shia LaBeouf guy. He's, he's definitely, uh, uh developed throughout his career but that what, from even stevens <laughs> yeah uh but for that uh, specific movie he could go in his yard he can go in his backyard there was just like a it's like an invisible dog fence like that's basically what john jones probably has around his property and i'm guessing he'll be able to use his ball and uh endless pool you know he's probably got one of those sweet pools that doesn't have like an edge so yeah, the infinity smart. pool the infinity pool that's what i meant to say all right uh here's my shade i'm gonna get be short and yeah, Disturbia. Thank you, Buck. Disturbia. Great movie. Great, yeah, and great Rihanna song. I, that, that's doubling down right there. That is a really good movie, and you referenced it. I don't know who that chick is next door, but she is smoke. Like, go back. I don't even know who that is. She's probably like thirty by now because I feel like that movie was a long time ago. That movie was probably ten years ago at this point. Let's let's look it up. Disturbia. I, I'm, I'm on it. Yeah, I'm on it. You go ahead and uh, do your shade. All right. So my shade goes to a man by the name of JC. And I ain't talking about uh, Jesus Christ. I'm talking about JC, at Dickinson JC. Going to call this fool out because he needs to be called out. So Alan Bell of 24-7 uh, Sports tweeted this out, and he says, after re-watching Office episodes, I've come to the realization that Skylar White, talking about Breaking Bad, was more likable character than Michael Scott. He goes, her life was destroyed from her hand by the hands of others. Michael Scott ruined everybody else's life. So had a bunch of different comments, and I will give credit where credit is due. Jimmy Morris of Music City Miracles calls Dickinson JC out for his terrible comment, and Jimmy says, this is the worst take I've ever seen on Twitter. Now, that is a huge, huge thing to say when you're coming at people on Twitter. But I believe that it is. JC responds to Alan Bell's tweet and says, the show got better when he left, honestly. Talking about Michael Scott leaving the office. This is the dumbest, most asinine comment in the history of Twitter. If you truly believe that the world-renowned office gets better when Michael Scott leaves, you need to be under house arrest. And I'm not talking for four <laughs> days like John Jones. I'm talking about four years. Unbelievable. JC, shade on you. You need to reevaluate your life and how you view TV sitcoms because that is the worst take of all time on Twitter. It exponentially got worse after Michael Scott left, I stopped watching it. So yeah. there you go. Shade well, on Dickinson JC. And my wife went to state. He's a buffoon anyway. He's from that cow patty town or has been in the vicinity of what, hashtag hail state on his bio. Jump in a lake. Manure. All right. So we actually watched at home. Uh, we we watched a lot of The Office at home. We eventually got tired of it around season five and went away from it. But Michael Scott, now that I watch now compared to when I watched when it was coming out, I find Michael Scott a lot less funny now than I did then. Oh, I find him more funny. You know why? Because he can say things that you can't say now. No, it's not that. It's not. It's not the. But that's just, why he's more funny. But he becomes he becomes annoying. 
he's more like a, an annoying, obnoxious, like fool that you have to deal with. Now that's his character. <laughs> no, I, I know that. Like, that's the greatness of the character because he makes you uncomfortable. So I, again, and, and you're is- not used to that because society is so effing soft nowadays. You don't get to see people do what Michael Scott well, did. But I, but I find him more annoying. I'm not even talking about how the culture has changed and things that he's saying, but I just found him overall more annoying than, than hilarious. He's still funny, but I, I don't think he is. I don't think he ranks like there are, I think there are better characters on the office than Michael Scott. I do not. I, I disagree with that. Again, we can disagree. I, There's I, a I lot did, of good also, characters, but I Michael Scott the, is the best. I disagree with your guy, J.C. Dickinson, though. I mean, I, I think he's way off with that. Yeah, and and Albert Marks, we've come a long way. Uh, Albert Marks got the love of the show because I believe Robert California is the worst TV character ever. And you know what? I gave Albert Marks a love, and he... He wrote that in all caps, and I'm anti all caps guy. You are. So, you are. So you have caps. got to bring some really good substance with what you're saying for me to like or love a comment. But this is so good because Robert California is the worst TV character ever. There's some really bad characters on The Big Bang Theory because that show sucks. Robert California is the worst. Yeah, yeah, Shrike says Michael Scott was annoying, but his growth and development as a character was good. I agree with that. Like you saw him, you, you like you you found yourself rooting for Michael Scott at, at several times throughout the office in those seasons for sure. So I, I look, I I don't think I stopped watching when he left the first time around too. So uh, I, I disagree with and you, it's boy. Sad, it's sad when he leaves. Like it's like man, I. This is never going to be the same. And then what? And then you get like a split second of a really bad Will Ferrell, and then Robert California comes into your life, and you're just searching for bullets and a gun. So, like, Disturbia. What year do you think Disturbia came out with Shia LaBeouf and Sarah Romer? Sarah Romer. I'm gonna have to look that. I, I never. I, I have gonna, no yeah. idea. Anything that she's done. Before or after Disturbia, I have no Well, idea. Anthony says the Disturbia girl married Chad Michael Murray. Who's Chad Michael Murray? You know who Chad Michael Murray is. Uh, he's one of those names. Uh, great. Oh, he's an American act. Oh, One Tree Hill. I have no, actually. I, he's 38. So she's, she's 35, 36 right now. Oh, but they're not married anymore. Because he got divorced and is remarried and then divorced again. Sophie Bush, 2005 to 2006. I, I will say Disturbia came no, out. They're still I, married. They're, I think they're still married. They are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got married in 2015. So they're still oh, okay. Married. So there's not an end. Okay. Sophie Correct. Bush got, he got, okay. So he divorced. He was married for a year and then married Sarah Romer uh in 2015 so good job by chad michael murray found the love of his life hopefully uh for the foreseeable future what year do you think disturbia came out the first when you asked me the first thing that popped in my mind was 2003 not that not quite that old 2007 damn so 2007 yeah that's which is crazy because that that's so long ago sarah romer is 35 years old i told you she'd been in her mid-30s yeah yeah and she turns 36 in August, as I looked her up. I mean, I think she was a lot more attractive when she was, well, she's very, very attractive now. I don't want to discredit her, but I just, I, I so 2007, that was a long time ago. What, she was 22? 20, 23-ish. Yeah, so that's why she was probably so hot. So, yeah, I, I but I do remember, I do remember her in that movie. Because that, that movie was not like, it didn't get huge publicity. It's one of those like subtle movies that you just like are flipping through HBO or th- and you're like, oh, let's watch this. And you realize that it's probably, it's kind of a good murder mystery. I, I remember because that was, I'm trying to remember, it came out April 2007. So it's literally April 13th. It's almost 13 years old, uh, like this month. So I remember that was right as I was uh, ending my junior year of high school. So I, I think I went and saw that in theaters, to be honest. Like, I, I, I feel like I saw that either in theaters or like right when it came out, like over at a friend's house or something. 
that is one thing that I I can't change about you, Austin. But I do wish you watched more movies so we could have these conversations. But I know you're not a movie guy. Uh, yeah, Matthew, I'm not. Matthew says shade on my job for deeming deeming me essential. I guess giving drug tests to recovering addicts is more essential than my health. I, I would. I think that's pretty essential, though. Like, I think. Michael, I, I respect what you do. That can't be a, an easy job, but I, I think you're definitely uh, essential. So uh, you, your boy uh, and our guy, Josh Griffin, uh, who runs Tin Roof on Demumbrian, last week he tagged us in a Twitter thread that was like, put a shared gif of your favorite movie. I didn't know what to do. Like speaking of like. Because you I, don't have one? Yeah, I was like, I, I thought about it for like a couple hours on my own. And then I asked my wife, I was like, I was like, Jenny, if somebody asked you, like, hey, what's Austin's favorite movie? What would you say? She goes, that he doesn't watch movies. <laughs> and so I literally, I wanted to respond to that thread, but I had no idea what to post a GIF of. No clue. So that's that shows you how little of a movie guy I am. Yeah, I would have. I actually, I, I got distracted and... I would have posted I would have posted a gift of something from Casino. I, I love that. I thought you would be like Dewey Cox or something like that. The walk hard would have been a good one. That yeah. would have been a good one. Uh, so, uh, Forrest Gump was a, a favorite movie of mine during Wrong like, Kid my- Dad. Forrest Gump, I mean, that's great. For, yeah, but then uh, Tony Gonzalez, who was earlier in that thread. The crazy thing about that thread is that it started with Tony Gonzalez and got to us. In like six tweets, <laughs> like it was like Tony Gonzalez, Trent Green, Matt Hasselbeck, uh, Tim Shaw, Mark Mariani, Josh Griffin, you and me. It was like that. That was the order of it. Welcome to the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> Should have done like a Kevin Bacon movie just for that. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for watching the show today. Uh, I think we've had some really good discussion tomorrow and on a Titans Thursday. We'll be able to react react to actual Titans news because John Robinson and Mike Vrabel are speaking to the media today. So get ready for that. We'll have all that coverage all over our platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you are following A to Z Sports on all three. Uh, Make sure you're following and subscribing to our podcast feed as well for exclusive content and original content for A to Z Sports podcast. Buck Rising, we'll see you tonight for A to Z Sports primetime, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Thanks for watching. See you later. Adios.